the IT guy at the dental office was like, hey, you're good at this. Can I refer you to another one of my clients that could also use some help with social media? Well, next thing I know, he referred me to all of his clients. And I suddenly had a business and wanted to, I was like, hey, maybe, maybe I could do this for a living. Like I could leave dental to do this. Um, and so I, I started learning more and I started making videos for myself to get my name out there and try to get more clients. And some of those videos really took off and I had people finding me from all over that were like, hey, can you help us with ours? And then so I was like, hey, could I do videos for my clients to help them get more clients the way that I am? And then it just kind of spiraled from there into the video marketing agency that we have today. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have a super special guest today that I'm very excited about. Her name is Marley Jacks. Uh, she is an expert in creating strategically omnipresent content, getting videos to rank on YouTube and Google, and using cross-channel video marketing for maximum reach. Uh, Jacks Productions brings next-level video social selling in the marketplace, and she is actually somebody that I follow quite a bit because uh, she is one of the queens of YouTube, I would say. And so uh, I'm really excited to have her here to talk to us about this and what she's been able to accomplish with her business. Welcome to well, the show, Marley. <laughs> Happy to be here. Excellent. Well, I am excited to get talking with you. And I was kind of wondering, um, I know a little bit about your backstory, but how did you end up being where you are positioned now as like the super expert in YouTube? Oh, well, um, total overnight success story. Just woke <laughs> up one morning and we arrived. Um, I, uh, if it's several years of hustle and trying to figure it out and learning the hard way. I, um, I was a dental hygienist before I came into online marketing. And before that, I was in radio and event management. Um, and so I was always working in kind of this entertainment industry where you're creating content, you're telling stories. You're also, in, in my case, I was meeting a lot of celebrities too, which is really fun. Um, but I also was very sensitive and that industry kind of had a lot of ego in it, if you know what I mean. And so I, I left it and went back to dental while I figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And while I was doing dental, um, I started doing the social media for the dental office just because I knew how, and also because I was kind of bored of just cleaning teeth all day. And, um, so I was doing, uh, I was cleaning teeth and then like, I would create some social media posts and then I would clean teeth and then I would do some social media posts and I was pretty good at it. Like I would just, I would tell stories about the people that worked at the dental office. I wouldn't be, I mean, sure. There's the like, Hey, make sure you brush and floss every day. And that kind of important content, like informational stuff. But I wanted to create content that I would enjoy watching, observing, reading, you know. Um, 
And then the IT guy at the dental office was like, hey, you're good at this. Can I refer you to another one of my clients that could also use some help with social media? Well, next thing I know, he referred me to all of his clients. And I suddenly had a business and wanted to, I was like, hey, maybe, maybe I could do this for a living. Like I could leave dental to do this. Um, and so I, I started learning more and I started making videos for myself to get my name out there and try to get more clients. And some of those videos really took off and I had people finding me from all over that were like, hey, can you help us with ours? And then, so I was like, hey, could I do videos for my clients to help them get more clients the way that I am? And then it just kind of spiraled from there into the video marketing agency that we have today. Did you, did you stay in the dental lane in the beginning? Uh, for clients? No. Yeah. No. no. Okay. I was gonna say, it must be really hard to tell stories out of a dental office. So that was probably a good way to cut your teeth. Right. Um, yeah. unintended. Pun, pun sorry, but, um, <laughs> can't, can't turn off dad jokes. Sorry. Um, but, uh, so, but, uh, so when you, when you went from that, like what, when you were like, okay, like I've been able to tell these stories in the dental office and I've been referred to uh, other people. Was he referring you other dentists in the IT, the IT guy or was it just no, regular businesses? He referred me to a plumbing company, to an electrical company, to an optometrist, to an author, like all different industries, which was really yeah. cool because like I knew dental, especially yeah. going to school for it and having a degree. But I was like, I want, the other thing is like, it challenged me because getting a plumbing company as a client, I was like, this is so boring. How can I create content about like your toilets and your furnaces and like leaky faucets? So it became a challenge to me to make the content entertaining. And that's what I do now with, with myself, with all my clients is like, I make content that I would be entertained by. And so that's what I'm trying to create and trying to explain to my clients and my students too, is like create content that you would enjoy reading. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because it's, um, you know, I was just kind of thinking that in my head as you were going through, and I know I want to go through with more in your story, but like, as, as probably have people listening that are those, right? They are the plumbers and the dentists and those things. And like, they don't, they probably have a pretty big false belief that it's not for them, right? Like social media is only for people selling info products or, you know, doing things like with, with using video. Are you, um, was there, is there an impact for those kind of businesses for sorry, in your general, like your general kind of brick and mortar type of businesses? Like I would imagine that's gotta be a pretty, is, 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 from my point of view, maybe I'm wrong too, but it would seem like it would be pretty, pretty hard to think about what to do with that. Like, is it still some avenue for them to use? Absolutely. Because I mean, if you're, if you're not going to be on social media, your competitor will be like, even for local businesses, for brick and mortars, you still want a way that to stand out from the other businesses and where's your audience? A lot of the time they're scrolling on social media on their phone. And if you, even a small little plumbing company or whatever can show up for them and show up in a way that you're memorable. Like one of the things that I did for this plumbing company, I'll just give that example. Um, I created a character out of their service technicians. So there's, there was this one guy that was really good at doing accents. So he would put on a, an Australian accent and become Plumber Dundee. And we made these silly videos of Plumber Dundee and he'd be like under the sink and he'd be like, I'm literally in the plumbing jungle right now. And, and <laughs> it would, we would make these funny videos. And there was another guy that we'd put these sunglasses on and he'd be Mr. Cool, like too cool for school. And he'd talk about how, how cold it is in his office because he has, he has air conditioning and whatever. Um, so we just made it fun, we made it entertaining. And so it's not that you have to be on social media with these like fun facts about leaky faucets. It's talking about what 
is current, what's relevant, adding some humor, adding some emotion, like whatever's going to capture their attention. Yeah, we did, um, you know, we, we, I use YouTube university all the time. Like it, it doesn't matter what I'm trying to fix at my like, house. Like I just, I'll take a shot at it. And then if I break it worse then I hire, I hire somebody usually, but, um, yeah. it's been an invaluable tool on those kind of things. But I honestly, like, I think, um, what might be holding a lot of people back is production value. Yeah. But the videos I watch mostly don't, aren't overly produced. Yeah. There's Lady Gaga music videos that have been filmed on an iPhone. So when most people like that is a concern, I get people all the time. They're like, Oh, what kind of camera should I use? And I'm like the one you have, what kind of editing software should I use? The one you have, like, there's no, I still use iMovie for a lot of my stuff. Like it's free. It came with my MacBook. Like that's all you need. Um, and sometimes I wonder if it's more of an excuse of like, well, I can't get started because I have, I don't have the right camera, but really you just, you just have to start. And most of my videos, if you go back to the beginning of my YouTube channel, I had like a chair and a stack of books. I propped my iPhone on it. I used a lamp with no lampshade for lighting, or I'd sit in front of a, just a window for natural sunlight. Yeah, it's, um, that's kind of funny that you mentioned that because that's like, I, I, I deal, like, I try, to, I try to help a lot of people when they're getting their businesses going, those kind of things when I'm talking to them and just in general, but like, they're like, ah, oh, I need a logo. Like, what's my tagline going to be? And I'm like, for what? Like, yeah. you don't have a business, like, do your business first. So it's kind of the same thing in the it's video world, right? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hopefully it's going to get, it, whatever, you're going to look back a year from now and be like, Oof. right? And so, <laughs> uh, but the same thing with videos, like you got to, um, I had the whole part with this, with podcasting, I, I was like, there was this kind of like big mountain to jump over, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, after I got started, um, it just started getting so much easier. You know, it was quite a bit easier than I thought it was going to be in the first place, but it's, um, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta start shooting bad video to get to really good video in the first place, right? Totally. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> suck and then eventually you're gonna suck less until you don't suck anymore. Yeah, that's what I tell people, you can't be a chef without being a dish boy, right? Like you gotta you gotta go up the ladder and you gotta start figuring it up from the inside out because uh, then you're gonna figure out where you're gonna find, how you're gonna find your voice. Mm -hmm. And so where do you, do? You, is that where you see probably the biggest um, hurdle in people getting uh, their YouTube channels? Uh, I guess maybe there's different levels, but you know, I guess, probably getting started is what's the biggest hurdle. And then you have people that are starting to get like, they've got past started, but they, they're starting to get into, you know, subscriber, like serious subscribers and those kinds of things. Yeah. The three big hurdles are time, tech and talent time. They think they don't have enough time to do this or like other things are keeping them busy tech. Like we said, they don't have the equipment, like the right camera, whatever talent is like the internal, the, their confidence, feeling like they don't know what to say, feeling like, oh, someone else is already talking about it. So I guess I can't like, oh, Oprah already has a book, so I'm not going to write one. Like, <laughs> um, that's not, that's not the point. You have an important message that you need to share, even in the times when you don't want to, or the times that are most important for you to be out there. Cause imagine if your audience is out there and they're like drowning without you, they need your message. That's going to like save them from whatever path they're going down in their health, wealth, relationships, or if they're about to purchase someone, something from someone that doesn't have the same level of integrity that you would delivering on that, like you need to share your message and speak that so that your audience hears from you. Like, sure, there's Oprah and Tony Robbins and all these big names, but like your story can be more relatable. Your story, you know, like at the beginning of quarantine, um, we suddenly had all this online content because celebrities are like, 
doing Facebook lives and Instagram lives from their house. And they're like, celebrities, like, we're just like you. We're just, we're quarantined too. Yeah. And you're like million dollar mansion where you still have a butler and a pool in the backyard. Like that became less consumable. Well, it's still consumable, but less relatable because here we are in quarantine. We're just like the normal people. Like I want to watch the people who are day to day down to earth, you know, normal, just like me. I wonder if that's one of the TikTok secrets, you know, like, that's it's, a great it's, point. You know, like that's, it's really, really, it's like, like really normal people doing super interesting stuff usually, or, yeah. even, you know, the dancing and all that stuff. But like, I don't know. I think the worst, the worst part about the quarantine video series was the, uh, the sing-alongs that they were doing. <laughs> like <laughs> those were not my favorite. <laughs> I guess I wasn't their audience, but um so when you when you talk about time tech and talent i think those are a really big point do you find that most people are missing like do they use all three or do they pick one as like a crutch um there's usually like one that's a big domino yeah but they use all of them (laughs) it's it's like those are the three biggest questions that i get like time tech talent I, i can't because i have this and it's it just becomes an excuse but like the biggest thing to get out of the way is that you just have to start to do it no matter what camera you have, no matter how much time you have available. Like you can document, you don't have to create. Um, A lot of the thing, the time people are so overwhelmed thinking I have to create content like from thin air out of from scratch. But you could also just document like some, one of the things that I do for my Instagram stories is I'll set up my phone right next to me and I'll just like film myself in a meet. Like sometimes I would do it in interviews. Like I could have this set up and film the interview and then from that like i'll mentally remember like i might go oh that was a really good part and find that part in the section cut that little clip and put it on my instagram stories and be like hey but behind the scenes of this of this podcast or behind the scenes of this and it's like in the moment content it's not like i sat there and was like okay hello today we're talking about because I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be a news anchor i'm trying to be real documenting in the moment wow that's a good point um and, and is that where I know that you talk a lot about content creation and I would imagine, I would think that with time tech and talent would be the first part. And then I think to me, like the second part would be like, okay, now I got to figure out this content series. Like, is that a natural progression of like issues to get started? And like, is it kind of the way things move up or? Yeah. Like, what do I post now? Like, yeah. sure. I have the camera. I kind of know what I want to talk about, but what do I talk about? Yeah. Totally. Like, where do you start? And that's, so one of the things that I teach is like, a visibility ladder. If, if you've read Russell Brunson's book, you might know about the value ladder, which is your service offerings. Um, I created one that kind of mirrors that, but it's about what kind of content do you create? Like, how do you create content for the people that are just finding you for the first time? How do you create content for the people that like love you and watch you all the time? You don't have to reintroduce yourself. And so it kind of depends on the platform. Like YouTube, people can be watching, like they can be repeat customers or repeat viewers. They're watching this multiple times. They've seen you before, or they could be finding this video for the first time. So you kind of have to keep that in mind for YouTube is most people are finding you for the first time or they're kind like they, they, they can be repeats, but they at least know that like this content is supposed to be evergreen. This content is for people to find no matter what, like, it's not like you're, you, you dropped it on like chapter nine of Harry Potter and you're like, well, what happened at the beginning? Like, I have no idea what, what a hippogriff is. I don't know where, I don't even know where that word came from. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The inner, the inner Harry Potter fan the just popped Harry out. Potter fan. <laughs> I haven't seen Harry Potter in in years. Anyway, um, Instagram stories, like that's where people are a little bit more intimate with your content that you can just do like the documenting day to day. But if someone came here that like didn't know who you were and they're watching like the behind the scenes of me in an interview, 
it doesn't mean that they're like, this isn't for me, but the content of it has to be good for them to stay. Otherwise they're like, I don't know who this is. Why do I care about what they're saying or what they're eating for lunch? Yeah, no, I could definitely see that there's a different um, strategy session between those two kind of platforms. Um, I, I, I guess one thing I want to ask you about is um, in both of those, so in Instagram or in YouTube, um, is it, it, it seems that like it, until you begin gathering a momentum that there isn't any momentum. Does that make sense? Like it's, it's hard to get views on things that just because you post them, they're going to get viewed or like, how do you get that first, I guess if you're talking about like kind of a ladder, right? So like, how do you get out of that first kind of wrong where you have no followers, you have no likes, how do you get to where like some, I mean, let's say you get to like a hundred, right? It, it still isn't enough to like, garner momentum right so one of the things that um is important for like the first step of your value ladder or your visibility ladder sorry is to create discovery content like how can people find you for the first time even if they've never heard about you before and almost like let's compare this to dating like how do you find someone to date for the first time like you can introduce yourself you can be set up by somebody aka like you know that could be someone sharing your content which is then shown to somebody else. like i'm on your on your show right now like yeah. people who didn't hear about me before are hearing about me because they know you so like we have mutual friends um it can also be search engine type content so when we have a problem or a question we need answered we go to google we go to youtube and because that's a search engine that's how we're found so YouTube for me is like the first step of my visibility ladder because people can be Googling how to blah, 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 how to sell on Instagram, how to use Canva, how to whatever, like the videos that I create and they find my videos. But from that, it's not just me being a robot being like, here's how you do this. I'm like, here's my story. Here's where I'm sure you're at. I'm going to give you the results today. or I'm going to give you the solution for this today. They watch the video. I give value, but most importantly, like I share who I am in it and I share my story so that they're not just coming for the content, they're staying also for the connection that we made. And then at the end of every video, I don't always put this again, I'll also put it at the beginning because we want people to hear this before they click off because um, we don't have long attention spans. I'll say, hey, click the link below for my free thing. Like whether it's a video series or a PDF or an ebook or what, a webinar, whatever. That brings them to the next step of the visibility ladder. So they've discovered me they've maybe fallen in love with my irresistible charm. And then the next step, I'm like, hey, here's another video that you can watch, or here's a link to my ebook or whatever. And then they join my email list. So now I'm trying to build rapport with them and nurture that relationship. So the biggest thing is like having that discovery content where it's either from a search engine, it's either people sharing it, or you making the effort to show up on other people's platforms and cross promote to their audience. That's a, uh, that's a really interesting, uh, part. And so I know that, um, one of the teachings in, in, um, uh, expert secrets, I believe is you either got to like, you got to earn it you got to buy it or it's your content. Right. So right. you gotta, you gotta keep building that list. Um, and so, you know, if we have people that are like my, my whole goal with money talkers is really to try and help out young people and, further their entrepreneurial spirit, further their educational spirit and the money side of things. And, um, which is two very different things, right? So like there's the entrepreneurial spirit where you're going to run out and like, I'm going to take on the world. I'm going to, I'm going to go up to the biggest challenges out there and I'm going to try and solve big problems, right? Because the bigger the problem you can solve, the bigger, the, you know, the, the bigger the uh, return usually is, yeah. um, for one, but two, it's like, 
if our young people haven't gotten into the, you know, I don't know, the churn of life, right? Where you've got debt and you've got houses and you've got cars to pay for and insurances and all these things that start coming at you and you're like, okay, gotta scramble, right? And so, um, but if they don't, if they can get into entrepreneurship early and they can start to learn these lessons that you're gonna learn at some point along the, along the way, I think they can go out and make bigger impacts in the world. And so um, is there, do you think that there's kind of a, uh, a, a time to wait to get started or should they get started as early as possible? I can't imagine having an answer saying like, oh yeah, wait, like the earlier you start, the more you can learn, the more opportunity you have, even from a young age, like I think gives you that unfair advantage that you got to learn these things early. Um, and for young people, like I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that we can look at our childhood and be like, oh, I was doing this or like I was selling lemonade on the corner or I was like selling my snacks at lunch to try to make some money and like, or I was trading and then selling like, we have these little things in us that we don't realize like are signs of being an entrepreneur. Um, the kids who are motivated by money, like how cool that they have that motivation and want to learn how to create more wealth, how to create solutions for people. Um, and like, what better way than to start when you're young and like the way that, that society is going, that technology is going, that the internet and jobs and the workplace is going, um, really kids are going to have such an unfair advantage the fact that they are learning technology at younger ages like my when i was a kid i definitely compare like i was born in 1990 but i would i didn't have an ipad or anything then i still had dial-up internet that like you couldn't use the phone at the same time that your internet was on but i was like God, it, made the, it made the worst sound ever oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you knew you messed up somebody else's internet connection if you called them too many times and it oh, went through yeah totally <laughs> i would like crawl onto my dad's lap at the computer and i knew to turn on the computer you hit the on button then you type w i n enter to open up like windows yeah um and i i'm i think that i'm from my age, I was like a little bit ahead of the game because I at least knew how to turn on a computer and I would play with paint, like MS Paint and um, have these like typing games. And I learned how to read from, from Sesame Street software, from uh, like all these fun, cool things. And the fact that kids have way more access to technology than I ever did, their brains are gonna be hardwired much differently than ours are. Like, I can't wait to see the speed that they innovate at. I will give you an example. My son is six, my daughter is eight, right? My daughter, when she turned one, I gave her an iPad and everyone thought I was crazy, but she knew all of her, she knew all of her colors, numbers, letters, like alphabet by like two and a half years old. And yeah. you know, before like kindergarten and stuff. But like the other day, um, like I had to explain commercials to my son. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you wanna know something weird? We were at a hotel and they had regular TV and I'm like, hey man, your show's gonna be on in like 10 minutes, go get in the shower and come back out. And he's like, just put it on now. Like you can't just put it on now. It comes on in 10 minutes. And he's like, what do you mean? Just put it on now. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm like, it was like, it, they tell you when, when the show comes on and that's when you can watch it. He's just I looking at me. I'm like, just like trust that. me. Okay. So like he goes, he comes back and he like, so we turn the show on and we're watching it. And all of a sudden it goes to like a commercial and he just stops and looks at me. He's like, put the show back on. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, put the show back I mean, that's commercial buddy because what's a no commercial way. and I'm like I was like that's where when you're watching something that you want to watch they try to sell you something that you didn't know you needed and he was just looking at me I go I dude I get it your way is way better it's way cooler that you can just turn on your show and watch 12 of them in a row like you don't get to told like he it just totally blew my mind 
I didn't even realize that that's something that kids don't know. Like, because of course they have Disney Plus, they have Netflix. It's just on demand. Pause, fast forward, skip yeah, back. You can watch six seasons of a show if you want. You just turn it on and watch six. They watch all the kids' shows. You remember, like, you would have like a once a week, like on a Saturday oh, morning yeah. or something, right? Like, yep. they don't have that. It's like, oh, he wants to watch uh, Pikachu for you know thirty-six straight episodes. He can. He, that, he binge watches. That's his thing. Like, you know, and he's yeah. six, so like he doesn't even like, understand. I'm, I'm on the cusp of like not. Can people my age not understanding a rotary phone? I can't imagine your child like if you showed that <laughs> you'd be like, "What do you want me to do with this?" Like, <laughs> it's insane. So if you really want to know something kind of funny, if you ever look at the symbols for uh, like the phone as a rotary phone or like yeah. the to save something as a floppy disk. Oh yeah. Right. Who has a floppy disk? Right. So it's like, like, yeah. So I don't even know what kids when they see those things. I don't think they know that they used to be products. That's so funny. Yeah. What would they do with a floppy disk or even a CD? Like, I guess they know CDs from DVDs, but even that, like, not, it's not real close. Much. Yeah. The only time it works in our truck, but other than that, it's real close to being gone too. So, um, but yeah, so yes, it's going fast. Like the, it's the technology things are picking up so fast now that like, I, I am of the thing, like, I think I wrote a business plan template for kids, right. For parents to be able to sit down with their kids so they could do this so that they could go through this. And it's like a seven or eight page business plan template that at the end of it, they have a, a basically a pitch seat for investors, which, you know, mom and dad, but like, to me, I, I sit down with my kids and I start to go through this stuff. And if we don't, I, I think we have to take the reins off of them more than we put onto them. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they just pick it up. You know, they come up with, they come up with more business ideas than I've ever had in my life, I think, you know, yeah. but it's because they have these opportunities. And so what you're, that's one of the reasons it was kind of a loaded question. I asked you like, how early should they do this? Because, uh, I just, I see them being able to go into this, into this world where they're going to be so self-sufficient that they're going to have the technology is already not new to them. It's just yeah. the way the world is. Yeah. Right. And so, um, well, I kind of want to hop into one thing with you. I had watched some stuff with you and in, in, in talking about on the business side of things, like as you've gotten this education, right? Mm -hmm. um, that was what I saw yesterday when I watched this video that you were talking about. And, uh, and, and you know, I told you my story a little bit about, you know, I, I definitely resonate, <laughs> resonate with struggle in businesses because anybody who tells you it's a straight line, it's just, I I would question them. Okay, that's mm -hmm. a little bit of that. I'd be impressed and you'd be in a very, very minute category of the world. And so um, as you've grown through your business and your struggles and things, um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned? Oh, where do I start? I mean, yeah, yesterday, that video that you saw, I, I kind of talk about, I start the video by saying like, this video is for people who they want to grow their business, no matter what the goal is. But this video isn't for you if you have been an overnight success. And if you've launched perfectly, like this video will be boring for you. And I say that as a joke, because like, that doesn't happen. And if it if it does, then your goals aren't big enough. And you're probably not trying very hard. <laughs> um, some some of the biggest lessons I learned um, early on, that you, Alex Sharfin teaches this, and I, I love this, when he said it to me, it was like such an aha moment for me, that you are a million dollar racehorse, that you are the product, you are the money-making machine, you have to treat yourself, like imagine if you had a million dollar racehorse that ran the races, that won every time, that got you the big winnings, like how do you treat that racehorse? You get it the best nutrients, you, you, you take care of it, it gets a good sleep, like you water, you make sure it's hydrated enough that it has enough exercise. Like you need that too, to be able to give your best to your business, to your clients, to your students, to your family. 
Um, so self-care is like the gateway to success. I also learned early on that, uh, that if you, <laughs> I used to believe if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. But that is also so limiting because I only have so many hours in a day. And if I also want to, you know, practice self-care and spend time with my family, I can't do everything myself. And there are also people that are way better at many things than I am. So like, I shouldn't be doing my own taxes. I don't have to be scheduling my own social media posts. I don't have to be writing and responding to every single email. I have customer service for that. I have accountants for that. I have like, whatever. There's lots of people that can do these things and support me and my business so that I can be doing the things that are in my zone of genius. Um, and then one more thing that I'll say is like, we start our businesses likely for the reason that like we want to have financial freedom and time freedom we want to be able to spend time with our families we want to be able to give them the kind of life that that we dreamed of that that we didn't have for ourselves earlier on but then somewhere along the way sometimes we get caught up in the business and we we hustle maybe we become workaholics maybe we like we forget why we started that business in the first place was to have time freedom to spend it with our families to have the the work-life balance which that's questionable like everyone has their own definition of what balance means to them um but just not forgetting and not getting wrapped up in why like you never hear someone on their deathbed saying like oh i wish i would have worked more i wish i would have taken that extra <laughs> call and not gone on as many vacations and spent that quality time with my family like i should have sent five more emails every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I think with a lot of people when they go into entrepreneurship is that um, we, I think we start off with the intention of like, okay, this is going to be financially free, right? Because a lot of people right now are starting side hustles and then they're moving into like, okay, this is going to be the money side of it. Um, and then like you talk about like, you start adding on more and more hats. You start doing less and less of what you got into do the business for a lot of times um, because it's super fun in the beginning because you don't have the realities of a business building until you get there. And as they come in, you start pulling these hats in and it's like, and then it starts to come less and less fun. But also I think even if you get to where you've got money coming in, I think the first thing you would trade is for your time back. Yeah. Right. That's, it's like such an aha. Like I, I don't think I've ever met anybody that was like really successful. It was like, you know, the, cause it's, it's, you're going to burn, you're going to burn out otherwise. You, yeah. and, and you start you so you kind of start in with like okay i've got some financial freedom i've got control whatever it's you know creative control whatever that is uh no one telling me when to wake up no one told me when to work those kind of mm -hmm. things right it's like these like ah i gotta get out there and my business you know it's, i'm i'm in charge now and then yeah. it's like and then it starts piling on and it's like okay now i kind of if you make you know if you get to where you get to that success level i think there's a lot of time where you're like i just want my time back you know because you can't get it out of your head it's not 40 hours a week, it's a hundred hours a week, right? Even if yeah. you're not at work, you're up here, up here you are, you're right? About it. Yeah, that's yeah. your non-renewable resource. Like you yeah. can't buy your time back, but you can buy time. Like you can buy other people's time, yeah. which gives you your time back. Like I, I do a, a time study every few weeks, every month or so, um, where for a few days or a week or sometimes two weeks, depending on how busy I am, I will write down every single thing that I do in like 15 minute increments mm -hmm. and then look at that and go, how much of this is a job description for somebody else? How much of this is stuff that I actually have to do versus what someone else could do? I love that. How much is this a job description for somebody else? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's a great way to look at it. If something's, you know, I've always said if something's repeatable and teachable, you should offload it. Yeah. Oh, totally.
right? And that's um, there's a book called Rocket Fuel that's uh, talks about uh, you know basically the integrator and the visionary, and that is 100% as entrepreneurs, even when you're talking about these young kids figuring out things, like you know you're the hustler, you're doing those stuff, like you're chasing these things, like you're coming up with ideas is actually what you're doing, right? So you're this visionary of idea generation. You might not be the best at operations. <laughs> Usually you need to kind of find, you know, you can find your team to hand those kind of things off. It makes things a lot better, or you got to find the tools to be able to do it. So it's not the driver and stops the, the, um, the, the amazing brain power that you have for the, for your uh, visions and things like that. So, um, uh, so what are you, so what are you, so how are you, I see now that like, I see another uh, program getting ready to come out and those kind of things. So let's talk about how you come up with your, your, your things, right? Like, how are you, you're driving a lot of different content and programs and those kinds of things. Like, are you, are you constantly thinking about it or is it just like you, you go through a program and you're like, well, what do they need next? Like, how does it, how do you, how do you kind of follow that along? A lot of the time the, the market will tell you, like, yeah. I, and I think part of my, failures at the beginning of my business was also not listening to the market, feeling like, oh, I know what they need. Like I have this great idea, but if it's a great idea to you, but they don't actually need it, like what, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, or if there's things that are similar to it that they can get for cheaper or better or easier, or whatever, like you need to listen to what the market is saying that they need. So I came into it being like, oh, I'm going to provide these video services. I'm going to, I'm going to make videos for people. And that's great. Like people want that. But then also something they were asking for is like, can you just train my team? Because I already have a team of people that can do this. I just want to do it efficiently like you. I want to do it in a way that, that reaches a lot of people, gets this massive visibility that, that brings in a profit on autopilot. Like I have these systems where my, my content can turn into cash for my business. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do it for you. But then they're like, no, no, I want you to teach like my person. So I was like, oh, okay how do I turn this into a course? How do I turn this into a coaching program? Well, wait, how would you? And like, ask your audience. They're more really? than happy to tell you. Like, I'm pretty sure that's, I mean, aren't there like, wasn't there last year, like a Doritos contest of like, which flavor do you like best? And you, it kind of became like a contest. It came a, became a, a campaign for, hey, buy more Doritos, try all these different flavors. Like a lot of companies ask the market what they like too, or they put it in beta, um, even restaurants or whatever, they'll, they'll have a feature for a certain amount of time, see what does well. And if it does really well, maybe they'll make it a main, you know, item on the menu. Uh, it can be the same thing for your, for your business, your products, no matter what that is. So I'm thinking about what my audience is telling me that they're struggling with, but I'm also going to like my before picture, like what was I struggling with years ago? What did I need? And then, cause my audience is often my before picture and I am their after picture. They're like, I want to get to where you are. Show me how you did it. And then I have to think, well, wait, how did I do it? How can I turn this into a framework? How can I teach this? And then also asking like, how do you want it? Do you want it in like weekly courses? Do you want it in a video training that you can watch at any time? Do you want it in an event where like you come to my house and I spend a few days with you and you can also provide all of the above. That's a great idea about looking about who, who, who you were, mm -hmm. right. And then thinking about what your struggles were at that time. Um, I really like that because it's, the thing is you really just need to be one step ahead a lot of times for people to be able to be able to relate to you. Right. It's kind of what you talked about earlier. Like, you know, if I see Will Smith, like tell me how hard is, you know, it's been for him to stay home in his 42,000 square foot mansion playing golf, you know, in a mm -hmm. private golf course, like, 
I don't really, I mean, I, I watch it. I'm like, oh man, that looks cool. <laughs> you know, but I'm not like, you know, it's not the same kind of uh, relation there that, uh, that you would think. So I think that's a lot of part for people, um, especially for young people too. Right. So, so oh, no one's going to listen to me because I'm a kid, but if you know the next technology thing and you can teach that to somebody else, I think you got a business. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, Marley, I want to say thank you so much um, for coming on with me on Money Talkers. And uh, where where does the audience find out more about you? Uh, my YouTube channel or my Instagram would be great. That's youtube.com slash Marley Jacks or Instagram.com slash Marley Jacks. Yeah, you can't miss her out there on the uh, on YouTube and everything. So again, thank you so much. I'll put some links in the show notes. And uh, I want to thank you again for coming on Money Talkers and sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.